Danny J. And I'm Jill Coleman. Welcome to the Best Life Podcast. Here, we talk about everything from success, money, relationships, and entrepreneurship to productivity, honest communication, positive psychology, and how to cultivate an abundance mindset. Make money, travel the world, deepen your relationships, live full out. This is the best life. Oh, this is like a little vulnerable, but not a big deal. And then people are like, oh my God, are you okay? And you're like, yo, uh, yeah, I'm good. Like, but like it just comes off wrong. Like they're just like, wow, I can't believe you shared that or something. And you're like, yes. oh, I didn't realize it was that big of a share. I'm recording by the way now. Oh, so, hi. um, yeah, I'm trying to think of examples because that definitely has happened or I'm totally. like, totally. Yeah. And you're like, oh, whoops, is this actually not okay to share? <laughs> Totally. Hey, y'all. It's Danny J. It is Jill Coleman. Welcome to another episode of The Best Life. And we are actually in the Vegas studio. Yay. We're in person. I'm we so excited. We see each other in real life instead of through Zoom screen. Which and is... we're doing a recording boot camp for the next two days. And we're also <laughs> yes. we're doing Best Life boot camp for the next two days. Yeah. We're going to go do a photo shoot, which, God, we haven't done photos since 2018. 20, I guess twenty. Yeah, it was like late 2018. It was the very end of the year. Oh, my God. Our hair is different. Our face is different. Our face is really different. We're in new photos. You know what? I don't know if you feel this, but I get anxiety every time I do a photo shoot because I'm always afraid I'm going to like hate them. And then you're going to be like. And hate myself. And waste the money. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, you I know what though? I used to feel that way. I just don't love the process in general because I always feel like it's just like I never feel relaxed. Like the poses don't feel mm. supernatural. Like I feel like I'm fake laughing the entire time. <laughs> like that, it's That's always true. like the fake tan and then the like fake eyelashes and like just so much stuff that like I was, I did a shoot last week um, at the beach and it was so fucking windy. The entire Ugh. time I'm like, do I look bald? My entire hair is like just going over to one side or it's in my face. And so the whole thing to me never feels fun. Yeah. But I will tell you what has helped my anxiety about like the actual images once you get them back is remembering that I'm probably going to hate most of them. And that's actually normal. So I was like, you know what? As long as I'm like 70 to 80% of these or more probably will never see the light of day. And that's okay. I'm like, it literally is fine. And you only really need a handful of good ones. It's true. But it's more for me like, is this what I really look like? (laughs) That's what, I mean, the I'm answer like, is yes, I'm but like, then you're like, am is I that this okay? ugly all the time? God, you are I'm like, not geez. ugly. I'm more like, oh, does my stomach always look like that? I mean, it's fine. <laughs> and then I just go, yeah, it does. And it's fine. That's uh, where I get to. Yeah. It's just, I don't know why I get so much. And usually the funny thing is, is usually the photographers I work with are so great that they're never as bad as I expect. Never. I'm like, thank God, because they can do some magic, I guess, because I'm like, oh, this isn't so bad, but I just always have this fear. And speaking of the hair thing, I just did a photo shoot on Wednesday out at Red Rocks and the photographer was like, okay, I want you guys to jog. So there was like five of us jogging. She goes, oh, look. And she showed us the back of her camera. And the first thing I see is all my hair is just blowing back. And I was just like, nope, <laughs> I hate it. And it was fine because I wasn't the center of the photo. Right, it, wasn't like it was for, for someone else. But I was just like, if this was me, I'd be like, fuck no, let's do this again. And like, I need to run and hold my hair. <laughs> You know what's funny is like, I feel like we've come so far though. Like we do shoots a lot just for branding purposes and whatever. I remember like, I don't know, 15 years ago, I remember being the leanest I'd ever been. And all I could see was this like one tiny, like, 
I don't know, like thinking my belly button was off center or something. Like literally the tiniest things. Now I'm like, oh, there's like a little like bulge right there. But oh like, God. whatever, it's fine. Like I'll post that shit and not even notice it. So till after I post it, I'm like, oh, <laughs> whoops. Like that's a, there's like cellulite right there. It just is fine. So I guess true. I'm just not nearly as, I don't know, like myopic as I used to be about it. Now I'm just like, it's a, it's a grown ass woman's body and you know, we're 40 and it has to be fine because what's the alternative? I'm not going to be miserable. I know. It makes me laugh at the little things I used to pick apart oh my God, myself, everything. but I'm like, oh, I wish I had that just to pick apart, <laughs> please. If I just had a little, I don't know, bulge of a skin, like twist. It's so silly. But anyway. I know the loose skin is definitely new. Like, and I've noticed like the last like two years, like photo shoots. I'm like, oh, these pants are like just they're, like pulling a little on my skin. I was yeah. like, oh, that's new. <laughs> well, speaking of that, uh, we're going to talk about like vulnerable and vulnerable shares, which is something actually kind of to tie this in something very new. My friend, Natalie Hudson, and I don't think you've met her in person yet, but you know, I've talked about her before and I stayed with her a couple years ago. What really blew her up was she posted a picture of her stomach online, which was probably in 2011 or 12. And she had two 10 pound babies. So very big babies, very big tummy, lots of loose stretched out skin. And she did this workout challenge by Jamie Eason, who we have had on the podcast. I love Jamie. And she lost a lot of weight, looked really great, but still had this loose skin. So she posted this photo and it just went viral, blew up. And everyone's like, oh my God, this is so brave. So vulnerable. That was 2011. And back then- you did so new. not share that stuff. New. And that was so scary. And you would not post those kind of things. So today I see a lot more um, page. I mean, I literally see pages like the bird's papaya. If you guys follow her, she literally basically has built her whole platform on cellulite and loose skin and pictures like that. And it's very interesting how that has become more of the norm than it used to be. And so we want to talk today about like sharing on social media, how much vulnerability is too much, how, you know, how vulnerable can you be or should you be or should you be at all? And if you're running a business, is it, is it a bad look? And, um, you know, what's interesting is it's timely for me too. And I know that it is for you as well. Uh, I'm doing the 40 days to 40 fitness challenge. And part of the challenge is the girls who are doing it have to post on social media every day. And so a lot of them are saying that that's harder than doing the workouts. Mm. They're like, the workouts are not the issue. The posting every day on social, because number one, they're just running out of ideas. They're just like, I'm just sick of posting, which I totally get. I feel that way too. But they're also just like, am I annoying my friends and family? Mm. Like this, I never share this much on social. Is that like, they're just all these sort of like contextual sort of sensitivities around it. And so, I mean, I know even as a business owner, you go, I know I need to show my loose skin or I need to talk about, you know, my cellulite or whatever, or maybe I don't have to, but I want to in an effort to be real and to be relatable because we know that people buy coaches, not coaching. So you can be like the smartest person. You can be, have the most credentials, but if people don't feel close to you or they don't have a relationship with you, they're not going to invest, especially in like a personal branding space, especially with social media. But it, that's the part that's hard. It's really easy to kind of sit behind your expertise, put on this sort of perfect front. But at the end of the day, do people just see you as a robot and they just see you as like not relatable, but can you go overboard? Yeah, gosh. I mean, I have I have ideas around this on both sides, like too much vulnerability, too much sharing versus not enough. And I think this was a little bit brought up because I did a story the, yesterday or two days ago, I don't know, this week, um, 
where I was sharing a little bit about my mom and I cried. And it's funny because I was, I was really debating. I hadn't gone on social media much in the last couple of weeks. And it's kind of funny because in the back of my mind, I was thinking about Shantae. Um, Jill does a program with her called Legacy and she's been on our podcast as well. And she's big on pushing on social and like get on. And I was just like, God, I need to post. I need to say something. But the reality of my life right now is not pretty. And for the most part, during the last nine months of my mom going through stuff, I've shared on here, but I haven't done a lot on social. I haven't showed the realities of what, and I haven't put put her on there. And I still probably won't because I think it's not, it's not pretty. And it's also, I don't, it just feels too personal. Um, but it's, it's been a really rough week. And I was telling Jill, I picked her up from the airport and I was saying like, I really, I walked in. I showed up at the house to check on her and I walked in where she just was standing in the middle of the room with no pants on and holding a pad up to her crotch. And I was like completely lost. She didn't know what was going on. And it was, I said, if it wasn't so sad, like it would be funny, but she was completely lost. She was completely out of her mind. And, and I was just in this place of like, oh my God, she can't be left alone. And I have this overwhelming amount of paperwork to try to file for my grandmother because my mom is her conservator. And then for my mom, because I'm trying to get her disability and money from social security. So this overwhelming amount of paperwork, overwhelming, just feeling like I need to take care of both of them and I can't. And then I have all these things this year that I want to do. Like I wanted to do this TED talk. I want to write a book. I want to launch something. I want to work. And every time I feel like I start, I get pulled away. And so I'm having this resentment. And so I decided to get on and I, I was very conscious about it. And I honestly was trying not to cry. And then I just, as soon as I started talking about it, I did. And um, it was a tricky one for me because I feel like in some ways I need to share what's going on because I feel like I need to be real and not feel like everything's hunky-dory and amazing. And on the other side, there's the piece of you that feels like I don't want to show weakness. I don't want to show like, because. and I guess this was the debate going in my head. There's a lot of great things happening for me right now. Like I'm moving into a place and I just did the TED Talk and I'm working on my book, a lot of great things. And I have this shit happening at the same time. So it's just this, and I'm like, I don't want this to be a pity party. I want people to feel bad for me and get these messages about it. Um, so it feels weird to share it and also sometimes necessary to share it. And to your thing of, can you share too much? I feel like you can. Like if I was, it's been interesting. I don't know. Do you follow Shaleen? Like we had her on the podcast. She, she has her, she's caretaking her father-in-law. He has Alzheimer's and he moved in with them and she's sharing a lot of the stuff he's doing and doing this, this whole thing of Alzheimer's behind the scenes. And it's actually, if you see it, it's very endearing. I'm like, this is cute. This is cute brain stuff. My mom's stuff isn't cute. You know, it's sad and it's hard and it's heartbreaking. And so I think there's pieces that you can share, but I also think there's privacy that needs to be just like respected. Yeah. And so there's a lot of pieces that, you know, like I believe we should be vulnerable and we should share hard things. But then I think there's also like, there are boundaries. Um, Well, then you just ask yourself and I think you can get into this feeling of like, like you said, I don't want people to pity me. Cause I think all of us know the difference between someone sharing vulnerably that makes you feel like connected and related to, and sometimes even inspired, like, wow, you know, I look up to Danny. She is so amazing and she has real stuff going on in her life. We're kind of similar. That gives me hope that like I can 
also do a TED talk or write a book or whatever, because she also has regular struggles. And I think there's a lot of power in that. But on the flip side, we've all known people who just dump, who dump on Facebook. Like how many times have we seen like someone just post on their, this typically happens more on Facebook, sometimes on Insta, but you know, where it just feels like a rant Mm -hmm. and it feels like dumping. And the key to what you just said earlier, like a minute ago was, I didn't want people to feel bad for me. I think there's a lot of people do want relatedness and pity and empathy um, and so they'll put it out there because they're like, see, this is all bad, right? I have it the worst. I think that's a different energy yeah. than what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, my question for you about sharing that a couple of days ago is I think maybe this is where I'm at mentally. Like I'm mentally exhausted. I've gone through like six to nine months of like really tough, like business stuff. And when you put that out, I was like, I can't imagine fielding the DMS that you're probably going to get as a result of putting this out because it's nice and people want to empathize and they do empathize and they love you and they want to reach out and they want to make sure you're okay and they want to support you. But that's another thing on your mental plate, right? And now all of a sudden you got to manage their emotions. That was my question for you is like, is it worth it in the end? I didn't expect it and I didn't realize and it actually was super overwhelming. Um, a lot. And, uh, I got a lot, which was really nice. And I told myself, because that's why I like didn't even respond to it. I was like, I'm going to see you in two days. (laughs) I'm like, not even going to like respond. I, one of the things as I hoped that most people would realize they shouldn't, they were probably not expecting a response. So I went through and just like, like, kind of like, I like that Instagram. You could just like a comment show, like you saw it, you liked it, like double tapped it and then kind of left it because it was definitely a lot. And I was like, And wow. a lot of people, and then they want to tell you the story of like maybe their parent yeah. who went through cancer or someone in their life, yes. which is all valid and comes from like a really well-meaning place. But you do in a way have to be kind of ready for that because there is a, a vulnerability that opens the door to yep. now we have to have these, not that we have to, but we can have additional conversations. Yep. So it's the thing that we love about it. It makes you relatable, but it's also a thing that can sometimes make the uh the interaction a little bit harder yeah when when I did that it was a couple years ago when I talked about the depression and I was getting uh I was getting a lot of inbox stuff um I remember kind of a similar thing a lot of response people sharing their own struggles and I got a lot of unsolicited like advice you should try this you should do this kind of thing this time though with what my mom it was interesting because I did get that a couple people saying I'm sorry I've been there I've been through it and there was a few people that I ended up having conversations with that was very helpful to me. Um, more of a healing, like I've been there. I know how, what it's like, you know, my dad went through it or I lost my mom to this cancer. I lost someone to cancer. And there's something that unites people who have gone through similar struggles. And so I appreciated it. And then there was the piece of feeling like I need to say back to them, like, I'm so sorry, you know, I'm so sorry this happened to you too. And so it was some mental energy and on some level, some of it felt like a burden. And on another level, it felt like I'm glad that I'm not alone. And so there was a couple people that I had some longer conversations with that I was really grateful for um, because it gave me a little bit of insight. There's, there's some things that I've been struggling with that I posted about probably earlier the week too, about some paperwork, my grandma's VA paperwork, my mom's social security disability paperwork. And there was a couple of people that reached out that said, Hey, I work for this. Uh, or like, mm. I know what the, how to get through it. 
And so I've been able to contact a couple of people that have helped me through a couple hoops. So posting it actually was helpful because I was feeling really stuck. So I, I got to have that. And, you know, there's a part of us that likes to be able to commiserate. It's not that we want to be able to commiserate, but we just want to know we're not alone. Right. Like, I know I'm not the only person who's ever dealt with a sick parent or lost a parent or had the struggle. I think where I was really struggling and where I felt um, the most I don't want to say if the word's consoled, but the inner struggle of feeling resentful. Mm. That was what I was struggling with the most of going, I have goals. I have things I want to do and I hate this situation. I don't hate my mom. I don't hate my grandma. I just hate this is happening. And I, and I will say this, and this was an interesting thing. I, I said on my story, I did like this little caveat of like, Hey, I want to say I have a lot of support from family and friends which I do. I have a lot of support from my my friends and a few family. But I almost said that to appease them because what's been an interesting thing that's been happening, one of the reasons I've been not posting as much is I have a couple of cousins and aunts who follow my shit and then they come back to me saying like, why didn't you tell us? Why is this happening? And yes. it just, it's so frustrating. So I had to block multiple family members from even seeing my story and instead of coming to me asking how they can help, they just come to me saying like, why aren't you asking us for help? Or why is it this happening? Or why aren't you doing these treatments for your mom? And they're trying to get me to like go to see second opinions and all of the things they know nothing about. And they're like judging me for how I'm responding to the situation. That's been really tough. So that's actually been holding me back from even talking about it at all on social. So I just finally blocked them. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Having family come out and say things has been a bigger issue than even like well-meaning strangers. I actually appreciate more yeah. than my family who's like acting like it's all about them. It's so, yeah, I was going to say it's much closer for them. So they take it personally probably. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it is interesting because it's a question that, you know, comes up a lot with, you know, our business clients um, is they want to share something like a, a struggle because everyone struggles at some point. And oftentimes you're helping someone who is maybe where you used to be. And the question always becomes like, is there, is this too much? Is this going to be off putting? Where do you think the line is between this is inspiring? Cause every time my clients are like, I don't know if I want to, I'm like, dude, press publish. Like you got to. And they are always so surprised and elated by how many people reach out. Now, not everyone's going to comment publicly because on like a post or something, because it's like maybe really vulnerable for them to share, but they get DMs or they get emails or they get texts or the, or someone runs into them at the grocery store and they're like, oh my God, that post last week was like, that's exactly me. And so they do get that sort of affirmation, but I've certainly seen posts where I'm like, oh, like I'm not touching that. It's a little bit mm -hmm. too... Mm -hmm off-putting or repellent so where and that's you know a fear is like I've never personally had that experience where like people are like like it was just too much I mean every once in a while because you and I I think are so used to talking about infidelity yeah and our ex-husbands having affairs that sometimes I just forget that it's like a taboo topic because yep. we've just talked about it so much so every once in a while I'll be like oh yeah my husband had an affair and they're like oh, are you okay and I'm like yes it happened like seven years ago yeah, I'm good yeah. like I've made peace with it we're best friends like it's fine so sometimes I forget where everyone's line is, but is like, what's the difference between sharing something that, el that elicits a level of connectedness and 
empathy and, you know, positivity versus like that, just like hand, like, I just don't even want to go close to that. Like unfollow. <sighs> to be honest, I don't know if I know the answer because it's a valid fear. I'll tell you why. Um, when my mom first got sick, uh, I was really overwhelmed and I have a client right now we've been working with over a year kind of running, kind of building his whole course and running all these launches. And there was a lot of work that still needs to be done even while I was going through stuff. And he would say things like, Danny, I'm sorry, I didn't want to bother you because what's going on with your mom? Or I'm sorry, I didn't want to tell you this because what's going on with your mom? And he was trying to protect me and I understood it. But I actually wanted to keep working yeah. because I needed a distraction and I didn't want to let the ball drop in my work. So if I needed that time, I would have said, hey, I need this time off. Please like take this off my plate. But so there is... There is a va very valid fear that if you're sharing things like that, people might say, ooh, they maybe now treating you differently, yeah. like with kid gloves, like, yeah. ooh, she might be, not be able to handle that. Totally. So you might, they might be like, ooh, she can't handle my stuff, or this might not be the time to work with her. And maybe it's not. I mean, they, maybe that is the, the point, you know, maybe there's a boundary there where you're like, you're not capable to bring on anyone else and it's fine and share it. But if you're in the middle of a launch, if you're in the middle of trying to sell something and being competent, you do need to be, and I hate to say this, but you do need to be a little careful because there is that feeling where people go, oh, but can you handle this right now? You know, can you, and I, I remember just feeling going, going to, to this client, I'm like, no, 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 please send me like anything, text me anytime, do the thing, like let's work as usual. I need the distraction because I'm so overwhelmed with my mom's stuff you are my yes. only client I'm working with. So let's just work. Like right. I want to And also trust you. me to yeah. tell you if I need a break. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like until I say things to you, like it's, it's business as usual. Yeah. And as, and until you see like my productivity falling off or like, I'm not able to, I'm missing deadlines or whatever. Yeah. Like, as far as I'm concerned, this is like a whole separate thing. Yep. And it so, helps you feel more like, like yeah. you, like more normal in a, a situation that's not normal. Yes. So I do want to validate that saying it could have consequences that way. Like it could make people yeah. feel like you're not ready. You're not prepared. Um, and maybe you're not, you know, truth is yeah. maybe you're Pro not, maybe you need to take a break. Yeah. Like probably I could have taken off some time. I really didn't want to though. I really wanted to, to have a distraction and work was that. Um, but yeah, there could be, there could be a time where maybe you need to be careful about what it is. The other piece I would say is like in our cases of the infidelity, and I always say this to people is wait till you have some time in perspective, like don't share in the middle with my mom's stuff. It's just the overwhelm was in the middle. Like, I'm not going to wait till it's over. I don't know when it's is does what does over even mean that right. she's healed or she's dead. I don't know what over means. So right now I'm in the middle. It's in the middle of the struggle. The struggle is real. The struggle is what it is. And it was just more of a moment of just overwhelm and just real feelings of like frustration, you know, more than anything, my tears were tears of frustration. And I think that's okay to share. I think there's that overwhelm is a very universal feeling. And I'm sure that could relate to moms with little kids. I'm sure that can relate to a lot of people with things going on. So I also think about what am I sharing right now and how is this relating? So yeah, people can feel overwhelmed. It's a little different than maybe having a partner cheat on you or, mm -hmm. you know, coming home and finding, I, I don't know. There's yep. a lot of things that could be different, but I think whatever feels, I mean, to be honest, you have to be authentic to you. So some people, if a big tragedy happens, um, you go more private. 
and you keep it to yourself. Other people tend to share more. Like back to Natalie Hodson, she shares a lot. She goes really deep and she shares a lot of personal stuff versus I have some other friends who are very, very private, compartmentalized. They only share on social media what they want to share. And either one I think is right for them and I think their audience knows. So I think what's what's uh, consistent for you also matters. Like if you're normally really closed off and then suddenly you come out like bawling about something, it's going to feel a little off and maybe a little scary to your, to people following you. A little jarring for sure. Yeah. I mean, I think there's definitely a way to do it. I, I will definitely agree and echo what you said about like maybe not sharing in real time, especially if you don't have like a complete resolution. I know for me, um, I didn't talk about my separation divorce for a year and a half publicly. And I had a lot of people messaging me, are you still with Jade? And like, what do you guys, are you divorced? Like, and I never answered any of them because honestly, like we were trying to work it out still, you know? So I think you need to also let people have their time and let yourself have that time. The, you don't owe the internet anything. I think Mm. sometimes we think like, well, I have a personal brand that I need to share. So I think you'll know when it's the right time because you'll almost feel compelled to, you know, you're like, I know that I'm good on this. And this could be a huge service to the people who follow me or my audience members who might be struggling with this. I just shared the other day, um, you know, it doesn't happen to me a lot. I will be honest about that. But like, you know, I did not want to work out the other day. And I'm doing this 40 days 40 challenge. And like, it doesn't happen to me because it's just a habit. So I just work out every day. But I just not want to go. And I was like, you know what? Let me just share this on social. Like, let me be like consciously, let me share this moment on social. I had just had like a huge lunch and I was like, fuck, I just not, I hate working out late. And I was like, I don't feel like doing this. Um, I was tired. And I was like, I could have easily just gone to the gym, did my workout, whatever. And I was like, you know what? Let me just actually share this. And I shared it. And I got a handful of people who were like, it's so good to know that you're still like a real person. And thank you for sharing this. This is so important for us to see. Like, And so I don't think it has to take away from your credibility. Mm-hmm. So it goes back to the sort of like trust formula that we kind of teach, which is you need to be an authority, mm-hmm. right? You still, people have to look at you and be like, oh, she knows something I don't. She can teach me something that I need to learn. But also that's not enough. You know, I do think that men get away with it a little bit more. They can just like stand up there and like be the teacher and not show their vulnerability. I think for women, that's harder. I think women go, oh, she just thinks she's a know-it-all or like whatever. We Mm. get judged so much more harshly if we don't share the softer stuff. Whereas I think like, you know, my ex-husband really, like he's a teacher. He hardly ever shares anything personal and he's a genius and he's like very smart and he's like a teacher and like people like through and through. But like he never shares anything personal and that works for him. I don't know that for the majority of women that would be a success formula. I think we, I think people demand a little bit more empathy and softness and relatedness and openness from us. And I know that's a huge generalization. It's interesting you said that. I never thought about it and I find that to be true. Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking about the men I follow and very much in general. There's one person recently, Dave Hollis, which is Rachel Hollis's ex-husband. He's been sharing pretty vulnerably, which has been interesting. But in general, I don't think men need to. Does that take away from his authority, though? Because you're like, oh, this guy's a little soft or... To be honest, I don't know what his authority is, so... <laughs> except for being... He's just like... Except person. for being Rachel's husband. Right. Uh, I don't think so, though. I think it's uh, ultimately always it's in the way. It's in the way you share it and it's how. Um, same thing with Chris Powell, Heidi's Heidi mm-hmm. Powell's ex-husband. So now they're like a whole... 
Heidi and Dave are together, but um, they've been sharing vulnerably. But in general, I think men don't need to, and it doesn't affect their doesn't brand. matter. Like yeah. I talk to Jade sometimes, and I'm like, dude, you need to share because he just got a puppy like last yeah. year, and I was like, oh my god, you share the puppy, and like he's has this like side of him that's super goofy, and I was like, that people would eat that up, and he's like, I just don't want to yeah. share that. He yeah. just gets on and shares like research articles, you yeah. know. And I think a woman who did that would be seen as cold. Yeah. To be honest, like I think she would be seen as cold or like too good or, you know, and I know because I sometimes get that a little bit from other women. Um, but I think, you know, when you do kind of share and pull back the curtain and like at the, at the end of the day, I don't know. I mean, also like when you work through your stuff, a lot of times you just don't really want to rehash it. Like I don't really feel like talking about the infidelity and divorce as much as I did a couple of years ago. I don't want to talk yeah. about my body obsession as much as I did five years ago. Cause yeah. I'm like, I'm, I'm done. I'm on to the next thing. Like there's always a new struggle yeah. for sure, but I'm just like, I don't want to keep rehashing it either. Yep. So I think you said something, um, like when you were telling your story about not wanting to work out and just kind of showing you're relatable and people were like, Oh my gosh, thank goodness you too. I think this is also part of it. So I shared in the middle of just some frustration that I was having and some real feelings I was having, but I did not share the night I came home from the hospital when I found out my mom had the tumor. I didn't share the weeks after that I was literally crying for hours a day. I didn't share like the real falling apart. And I can talk about that now and I could talk about that at some point and I can share the story, but I didn't share the really raw, raw not raw, raw, but raw, R-A-W, yeah. <laughs> like raw stuff in the middle of it. I felt like that would have been too much and maybe not. I don't know. You know, I'm trying to picture. It would have almost felt like a dear diary versus like, because mm-hmm. you also have to ask yourself like why you're using social media. Yeah. You know, I, I think yeah. for you and I, we, yes, we use it to connect, but we use it for business too, yeah. you know? So like I would say I'm on there 5% for me and 95% yeah. for my business, you know? So it's like why would you share in real time except that you just felt like you needed an outlet and you had yeah. people in your life that you talked to. You had yeah. people in life who like supported you through that time. You know, you didn't really, otherwise it would have just felt like a dear diary. Yeah. Like, or this like is a what show. Happened today. Yeah. This is what happened today. Like a reality show. Yeah. I feel like at that point it would feel like a show and that I'm trying to elicit uh, some kind of pity or attention and like a, attention. And I know kind for of you way. and I know that you don't like that. Show. Yeah. Like I don't want to be, I don't want to be in like attention horror kind of thing. Because, you know, we can exploit a lot of things happening and that's not the goal. You know, the goal is not to like exploit a situation and which is why I've been trying really hard to keep my mom's privacy and not talk about a lot of it and not show these things. And it's, and it is hard sometimes, especially when I am really public online about a lot of things. So when this is happening behind the scenes and this is, this has been my struggle the last nine months is. I'm like, I don't know what to say because my whole life has been around this situation. And so I'm like, I don't have anything to say. I don't have anything new to say. My day, I know I should be doing stories, but my day today is looking like hell. And literally, here's the situation. Like, it's just a mess. And so just going, all right, it's going to be real. Like, this is the situation right now. Here's the papers. Like, here's my frustration. Here's what's happening. Here's why I'm upset. And I'm going to say it. But I, I do think there's a time for privacy. And I do think there's a time... I think you can be too vulnerable um, in a like attention seeking sort of way. I think that a lot of us can stand to be more vulnerable in the way that we can be more relatable, but I don't think there's necessarily a right or wrong. I do kind of think ultimately it comes down to your audience and you as a person. I think some people are a lot more private than others. Um, Some people are a lot more open 
And I tend to be more open, which is why it is tricky when I'm going through something hard to keep it all under wraps. So I'm trying to give enough context to what's going on in my life without dumping it all out on the internet. Mm -hmm. No, it's so true. And I think, um, you know, I know especially this is true in my earlier in my career that especially when I had a lot of shame around my body and my food obsession and um, a lot of sensitivities and being very insecure about my body. When I started talking about that, it felt really cathartic, you know? So I think at the very least for someone who's trying to build their brand online, it can be that for you too. Now I'm kind of like, there's not really much that like I need to talk about, you know, like I don't really have a lot of shame or, you know, like embarrassment or guilt or whatever. I think kind of like the divorce and infidelity was sort of like the last of it. And it was, it was cathartic for me to share on this podcast. I'm sure it was for you too, to just put it out there and like press publish and be like, (gasps) you like hold your breath, like being like, I hope this is received in the way that I hope it's received, you know? Um, But there's a lot of catharsis when you sort of start ripping the bandaid off and just really coming into like who you are and what's real for you and seeing whether or not you get a ton of support or you get no support for you, there's something about just documenting it and being like, yep, this is, and and putting it out there and pressing publish and have it be public. It's a different level of uh, risk and courage Mm. versus just writing in your diary, right? Like, I don't know. To me, writing your diary is great. It's a first step. If you are someone who journals every day, like that's great. But there's something completely different and courageous about pressing publish on something publicly that allows, it just gives you a full sense of it, like having the full experience and be like, this is who I actually am. And like really owning that and being unapologetic about that. So, you know, if you're listening to this and you're going, yeah, there is something that I feel shame around or, you know, what's it? Um, I think it's Brene Brown who said like shame can't survive being spoken. I know I've said that several times in the podcast, but it's really true when you start just owning it it leaves very little wiggle room for someone to say something, you know? So for example, I don't know, 15 years ago, if someone had made a comment and actually we did talk about this, I think on the podcast was, you know, like if someone mentioned that I was eating a lot or something, I'd be like, what? You don't know what I've been, like would it have been super defensive because I had so much of my own sort of shame and sensitivity and insecurity around it. Now, if someone was like, you're eating a lot, I'd be like, hell yeah, I am. Like I just, there's an ownership that happens when you start pulling back the curtain. And I think that ownership is like the ultimate in being able to control the narrative. If you have something you're scared that people are going to find out about you, say it first. You be the one to fucking say it first. Like you're, you be the one to put it out there first and own it. And so at that point, it's like, well, people really can't say anything because I said it first, right? And I get to control the narrative. And there's so much power and liberation in that. So if you have something that feels really scary or really vulnerable, then it might be a sign for you to share it and fucking own it. Don't share it and don't apologize, right? Don't share it and apologize. Yep. Share and be like, yo, this is what's happening. It is what it is. I'm working on it or I'm working through it. Or I have worked through it, but here it is like on a platter, serve it up. The irony, see what happens. the irony of that situation is, you know, some of us were worried about not, not being seen as the expert and that can actually elevate you to more of the expert. And I think in Natalie's case, it was kind of like that. She showed the loose skin on her stomach from her babies and suddenly people, all these moms were flocking to her going, oh my gosh, that's me. You can do it too. I, you know, I, I didn't realize that I can even get to this place and the skin would still be there, but you look amazing. And suddenly her sharing that made her more of the expert if she, more than if she had not shared it. So yeah, there is the 
scenario where people can look at you and go, ooh, like maybe she's not ready to handle. So it's very circumstantial. Everything depends on context, um, what you're talking about, what you're sharing, what the vulnerability is. But like to Jill's point, if you're if you're owning something like an insecurity or something you're embarrassed about that seems vulnerable, that likely can set you apart to another level to be more of an expert than the person who is talking about it but doesn't have the experience with the thing. So I don't know. There's like no like really hard cut answer for this whole conversation of like being too vulnerable. I think the answer is yes, but I don't know what the line is. I yeah. think the line is different for individuals. Yeah. I think the line is different for context and I think the line is different for audience. Yep. And so, but I, you know, I think hopefully there's a lot of smart people that listen to this podcast, very self-aware people. I think, you know, if you're, if you're like, am I doing this for attention? <laughs> <laughs> then, you know, you probably are. Um, but you're probably the kind of person more like me that's like, I don't want pity. And so you don't want to put things off like that. And if you kind of think that you're not, it's kind of like the, we, Jill and I work with so many people who are like, I don't want to be too salesy. I'm like, if you're worried about that, you're probably you're never, not going you're to never going to be the person that's too salesy. <laughs> yeah. In fact, you need to be more salesy. Right. So more likely than anything, like this podcast is not to say you're doing too much. You probably know someone who is. And so you're worried that you don't want to be that person, but don't worry, you're not going to be that person. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a good conversation. I agree. It definitely, it, you know, but at the end of the day, like if you have to choose yes or no, I say yes. Yeah. And figure out the hard way, right? Like you'll, like Dan, I've talked about this. We sometimes post stuff that we just think is like kind of benign or like maybe a little scary to share, but people are like, wow, I never knew. And you're like, whoa, was that like a, just to me, it's not a hard share, mm-hmm. but it's almost like a, it's, I call it like a vulnerability PR. Mm-hmm. Like you get to a new vulnerability PR where like the things that like, I don't know about you, but maybe things I shared 10 years ago that were scary to me. I'm like, why was that even scary to me to share? I know. You know, so you build up your sort of like vulnerability tolerance, you know? And so I think everyone is at a different level and you really have to just honor where you're at and let it be fine. It's so true. (laughs) So true. Well, I love it. Um, We'd love to hear what y'all think. We are at thebestlifepodcast.com. Go join our Facebook group and join in the conversation. And uh, please and y'all, if you love it, like this, uh, you know, podcast and really find value, and you guys are so good about sharing, but it really is such a huge favor to us, and just like uh, the the sort of like the best thing you guys could do in terms of like just acknowledging, you know, your love for the podcast and really appreciating us in being here and sharing these episodes is just, you know, share it onto your social media and tag us. We always regram you and would just love if you it would be like a deep, deep honor if you would share with your own friends and family um, these episodes, anyone that you like and that, you know, to get more listeners. Obviously, we want to get these messages out a little bit more and if you guys feel like it is shareable that is obviously the best thing you guys can do for us and we so appreciate it y'all are the best love you thank you guys see you on the next episode bye